Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, for today we have a listener request uh, for something for me to uh, chat about. Um, and rather than me reiterate, I am just going to uh, let you hear it in all of its glory. So, stand by. Hey Toddcast Podcast, this is your little sister here. I'm doing well. Uh, it is, what day is it? It is Monday, and um, yes, I'm doing very well. I'm a little chilly down here in in, in Ohio, uh, but there's no snow, so that's good. Um, I would request a maybe a podcast on maybe some movies. I know you're not a huge movie person, and I know you like Star Wars, but other than that, what movies interest you, and so on. All right, I will talk to you later. Bye. So, thank you for the request, little sister. Uh, much appreciated. I'm sorry that it's, you know, cold where you are. Uh, if it's any consolation to you, it is also cold where I am. Um, it's it's Tuesday here where I am. I got your message late um, and didn't uh, get a chance to record this morning. So, um, a little bit of a lag there. Uh, but we're going to get you taken care of. And I'm apparently going to talk about movies. So, um... That was sort of a broad request, um, in the sense that, uh, you, you know, not a specific movie or a specific genre or whatever, uh, so we're just going to roll with it, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, as you've mentioned, um, and as many are aware, and if you heard the inaugural episode, you're probably all too aware, I am a big fan of the Star Wars, um, all of the movies, um, even Phantom Menace has its place, um, which somewhat pains me to say, but it, it sort of does, um, but you didn't ask for me to go on and on about Star Wars, uh, you want me to talk about other movies, so, um, I am happy to oblige, um, let's see, um, movies in general, I, I, I do enjoy the movies, um, I'm not sure what you mean by I'm not a big movie fan. Um, I do enjoy movies. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a film critic or anything, but I, I do enjoy them. Um, so let's talk about uh, what I like. I I like, um, for the most part, um, well, most movies, really. Uh, you know, I, I like, action movies, I like adventure movies, I like sci-fi, I like fantasy, I like comedies. Um, it's probably easier for me to rattle off the things that I'm not that big a fan of. Uh, I hate to go negative this early in the cast, but uh, it's just easier that way, I think. Um, and in no particular order, um, westerns are okay, but not necessarily my jam. There, There it is. Oh, yes, I got nothing against the Westerns. It's just not not super compelling to me. Um, I've seen some good ones, um, but nothing that, you know, to write home about, nothing that gets me super, you know, excited. Uh, Westerns aren't so much a thing uh, it would seem these days. Uh, I know there's a big craze, you know, in yesteryear where Westerns were, were, were a big to-do. Um, never really got onto that 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 train, so to speak. Um, musicals. 
not a big fan of the musicals. Um, for several reasons, uh, which I will try to uh, list out in as non-judgmental a way as I can uh, manage. Um, if you are a person that enjoys musicals, huzzah and hooray for you. Uh, by all means, enjoy your musicals. It's just not my taste. Um, it's weird for me to say that it really stresses my ability to suspend disbelief, especially when I'm a person who watches a whole lot of, you know, science fiction and fantasy um, type stuff. But when you're having a story and all of a sudden, for no good reason, people just burst into song and dance numbers, um, life, thankfully, does not work like that. And it's just, it's weird to me. Um, stopping to sing every two minutes about whatever in the heck it is that, that's happening. Um, sure, some of the tunes are catchy. Um, but that's also part of the problem. Um, if I'm going to have a song stuck in my head, I'd rather it be, you know, I don't know, a, a, a song that I like, not something that's stuck in my head from a musical that I'm, you know, hating myself, but it's stuck in my head and I can't, uh, you know, get rid of it. Um, earworms, they call them. Um, I'm not a fan, and musicals tend to do that. Um, side note, little trick uh, that I picked up from somewhere. Um, that may or may not work for you, but worth a shot. Um, if you ever find yourself, um, infected by the earworm, the catchy, you know, pop song or musical interlude or commercial jingle or whatever that you just can't seem to get out of your head, um, it, I saw it somewhere where someone recommended the, the way to get rid of that is to... Uh, whistle the Andy Griffith theme, which I am not going to do right now. Um, but if you're not familiar with the Andy Griffith theme, A, shame on you. You've been on this earth for how long and you haven't seen Andy Griffith, you need to fix that. Uh, it's got to be on some streaming service. Look into it. It's, it's old school, but it's fun. Um, but the, the theme to it is whistling. And if you whistle the Andy Griffith theme, it somehow magically knocks the other song out of your head. It works for me. Maybe it'll work for you. If it does, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, I'm not fond of, of that. Um, and I guess the last piece that, that relates to why I'm not uh, that big of a fan of musicals is um, probably... 180 degrees from why some people who like musicals actually like musicals. Um, the thing about musicals is, is, you know, there's songs throughout them, many of which, as I said, are catchy. Um, and a lot of people really enjoy those and like to sing along. Um, and again, if that's you, power, more power to you. Um, do me a favor, and if we're ever going to sit down and watch a musical that you have already watched and you know all the words to... Give me a quick heads up that we're going to do that so that I can be elsewhere. Um, because I am just not a fan of people singing along uh, to anything, really. Um, but especially musicals, because it's inherently music I'm not fond of 
necessarily hearing in the first place, and to have, you know, several other people in the room singing along to it just sort of, you know, rub salt in the wound, uh, so to speak. Um, not a fan. Um, and sadly, I think that my overall view of musicals has been tainted by that very fact. Um, growing up, there were a lot of musicals in rotation, you know, when we watched watch the television machine at home. Um, I can't point to specific examples, but I know for darn and for sure that uh, between my mom and sisters um, and or girlfriends, wives, and daughters, um, you, you just can't seem to watch a musical and have that, you know, music happening and not sing along, which, again, if it makes you happy, rock on. It, it makes me the opposite of happy. Um, and so I just opt to not be present where possible for those situations. Um, and I think that has sort of tainted my thoughts and feelings towards musicals in general. Um, so there's that. Um, other movies. Um, horror is okay. Not a big horror movie fan. Um... Especially the older I get, the less interested I am. Um, as a kid, um, horror movies were forbidden. Um, you know, if, if, not, if for nothing else but that they were R-rated, and you, you can't watch that, but let's face it, most horror movies are, you know, scary and, and or gory and or, you know, are, quote, tools of the devil, end quote. Um... And being raised in a fiercely um, Pentecostal uh, upbringing, um, horror films just didn't fit into that sort of worldview as an allowable and acceptable thing to have happening. Uh, so, didn't watch them at home. Um, I think the closest to a horror movie I, I ever saw, you know, with permission and or at home, would be, you know, Hitchcock classics like The Birds uh, or Psycho, um, which is kind of, in this day and age, stretching the definition of a horror film, um, of which I enjoyed. Quick side note, um, I don't know that there's a Hitchcock movie that I haven't enjoyed. Um, but, you know, wasn't wasn't really allowed to, to watch those as a youth, um, which is not to say that I never saw any as a youth, um, again, the, the through line here through most of these stories is that I was, uh, a rebellious little son bitch. Um, and so, you know, I'd go to friends' houses and they'd, you know, throw on the, you know, the, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and I would, eat, you know, eat that up. Um, chiefly for two reasons. Um, one being that it was forbidden and therefore a thing I felt I, I really wanted and needed to do. Um, and two is that, you know, one of the things you could always count on um, in the horror movies back in, you know, the, the I guess it would have been the, the 80s at that point, is there's always going to be at least some nudity in a horror film. Uh, you, you can't have a horror film without some sort of monster doing some sort of killing. Um, and at some point, some teenage girl is going to lose her shirt. Um and as a teenage boy, that was appealing. So, you know, it was worth sitting through, you know, an hour and a half of, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street to see, you know, some some boobs. Um, 
But as I got older, um, it, you know, again, I don't necessarily have anything against the horror films. It's just I, I'm, I, I am not one of those persons that that gets a a big rush of joy out of being scared. Um, you know, the the jump scare thing is is just not a thing I'm a fan of. Um, I enjoy some graphic bloody violence, um, depending on the movie and the format, but just horror movies themselves is not, not, not a big, not a thing I'm a big fan of. Um, in a M. Night Shyamalan type twist in real life, um, my mom, the person who forbid me from watching the horror movies as a youth, uh, as I understand it, her favorite films nowadays are is the Saw series, um, which I've seen the first several um, with my mom, which was just weird. Uh, again, because she was so staunchly against that sort of thing in my youth. Um, but yeah, now she's a she's a huge Saw buff, and that just that's just such a weird juxtaposition to me. Um, I find it entertaining. Um, so, we'll see, westerns, musicals, were, uh, like I said, uh, most most sci-fi films that I've seen, uh, I've enjoyed. Star Wars is an obvious, uh, you know, favorite. Um, the Star Trek movies were good. Um, I've always been more of a Star Wars guy than a Star Trek guy, but I don't hold any ill will against Star Trek. Um, some were better than others, obviously. Um, you know, if I were to pick sides there, I would say I probably enjoyed The Next Generation more so than the originals. Uh, no offense, Mr. Shatner. Uh, I just, just enjoy, uh, the newer stuff. Um, there are a lot of, you know, being a person who reads a lot of sci-fi, uh, and then there are, you know, the movie adaptations. Um, I could go into a whole side rant uh, about, you know, the book versus the movie. Um, and sure, I'll just go ahead and do that because, you know, I'm, I'm going to see how long I can keep this thing going. Um, sometimes sometimes the films do well. Uh, sometimes the films do not do well. Uh, sometimes the films are don't follow the book, but they still do a good job conveying um, a good story, even though it doesn't match the book per se, it still makes for a good sort of alternate version. Um, and so, um, an example of where, um, the, when you look at the book and you look at the movie, um, did not care for the end result. Uh, we're going to go with, um, Frank Herbert's Dune the book. Excellent book. Highly recommend it uh, to anyone who is fond of reading uh, science fiction. Excellent stuff. Um, the 1980-something movie um, of Dune was a deviation from the original book, and not one that I necessarily cared for. And I'm not going to get into all the minutiae as to why, but if you've read the book and then you watch that movie you'll probably know what I mean, and it's, it's in my opinion, not good. Um, years later, um, the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe it was, did a Dune miniseries, 
which did an excellent job um, of adapting the book. Some slight changes were made here and there, but for the most part, it stayed true uh, to to the the spirit of the book um, and was quite excellent. Um, but the '80s version was just not not good, in my opinion. Um, let's see. Um, we'll go a little more current. Uh, Ready Player One. Um, I will confess to have not actually read the book myself. I listened to the audiobook, which some people, you know, I can get on a whole side rant as to whether or not people count that as reading or not. Um, words were conveyed from another person to me telling a story, and I enjoyed it. Whether I'm, you know, reading it with my eyes off of a printed page or an e-reader, um, or they were read to me, to me is immaterial. I effectively read Ready Player One, even though I had it, you know, spoken to me. Um, I will say that the audiobook is fantastic, um, and, uh, you know, you should ch check that out. Um, it was an excellent book. I really enjoyed um, the plot and the characters, and there are a lot of little, you know, tidbits in there, a whole lot of throwbacks. Uh, for somebody like me who grew up, you know, in the 80s. Uh, a lot of pop culture references that I got. Um, the movie, I think, did as good a job as it could trying to compress all that into a couple of hours. Um, you know, a lot of the joy of the book were the little, you know, nods to the head and the, the you know, references, the, the pop culture stuff that you just couldn't cram into a two-hour movie. Um and some of the plot structure, you know, some of the key elements, um, you know, for the quest of these on, the various stages that they go through, they had to adapt, which, again, you can only fit so much into a two-hour movie. I realize you got to make some changes. Um, and I think they did a fairly good job of it. I, I, think, I think it was pretty good. I think that's one of the ones to where, you know, yes, it deviates from the book, but it, it tells a good story. It's, 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 it's not, you know, an equivalent to the book, but it is a good uh, alternate sort of take. Um, which leads me to um, probably my, one of my favorite books of all time, um, which also had a similar situation, except that its whole story, um, in every iteration that they've ever had of it, has always been kind of sort of the same thing, but a little bit different. Uh, and what I'm referring to is um, Douglas Adams' classic, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, it actually started off as a radio program, uh, which I've listened to since, you know. Uh, I started by reading the book, which was fantastic and hilarious and awesome. Um, there is, they did a BBC miniseries, which again, same characters, similar plot items, kind of doesn't follow the book exactly, but it works on its own. Um, since then, I've got, I've you know gotten from the library the original radio uh, version of it, which is where it originated. Which again, same characters, generally same similar plot line, but different specifics. Um, again, stands on its own and is good. Um, and most recently, they came out with finally a, a motion picture uh, of it, uh, which again I enjoyed. It doesn't follow the book exactly. Um, there are some, some tweaks here and there, but it is a cohesive unit, tells the story. 
uh, and I enjoy it. Um, again, I highly encourage any and all of you to consume the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in whichever form I just mentioned, um, or any others you can find, because it's all just fantastic. Um, there was a comic book. I forgot there is a comic book version, which, again, doesn't necessarily follow any of the other uh, forms of media, but tells a similar story. Um, that was kind of its thing, is we're not going to just redo it in a different form. We're going to, you know, s switch it up a little when we do it. Um, so, yeah, check out the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It, it, it's, you owe yourself that. It's good, good fun stuff. Uh, if you like comedy and if you like science fiction, it's, it's, good, it's good shenanigans. Uh, I think I've beaten that science fiction horse uh, as as far as I can go without getting into too many specific films or, or getting, you know, way off. Um, fantasy, uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy, enjoy that. Um, the, um, the adaptation of The Lord of the Rings um, were good films. Um, in my opinion, preferable to the books. Um, I've never actually read all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, I read the first book, got about halfway through the second one, and was just sick of descriptions of trees and said, you know what, I'm good. Um, and never got back around to picking it back up. Uh, the movies were helpful in that regard, in that they, you know, are two-plus hours each, but that's still a heck of a lot quicker than reading the books. Um, and there are lots of delightful visuals and good acting and excellent special effects. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, I've not actually gotten around to watching the Hobbit movies. Um, I did read that book, um, and enjoyed the crap out of it. Um, if you want an old-school fantasy classic that most people overlook, uh, find Willow. Um... It's got uh, Warwick Davis. It's got Val Kilmer. Uh, it's in a fantasy world. Um, I believe if if the movie itself wasn't written or directed by George Lucas, at least the basic story is his. It was his sort of brainchild. Um, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, um, and would would kind of like to now that I'm thinking about it because it was it was quality stuff. Um, uh, action-adventure movies, um, the first three Indiana Joneses are all classics, um, don't watch The Crystal Skull, uh, whatever you do, um, people like to say that it ruined their childhood, it, it doesn't actually ruin your childhood, it just makes you sad that they made another Indiana Jones movie and, and, and botched it that badly, um, Harrison Ford's excellent, it, no fault of his, but, uh, Without spoiling things, um, there's a twist at the end that's just disappointing to me. Um, I like Die Hard 1. I like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, I've seen the other ones. I honestly can't remember much about them. Um, and while we're on the topic, uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Um, I am firmly of of that opinion. Um the whole thing takes place during the holiday party at Nakatomi Tower. It's a freaking Christmas movie. Um, your film does not have to center around Santa Claus or Jesus Christ and his birth to be to constitute a Christmas movie. Just throwing that out there. 
Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance was also excellent. I uh, really enjoy Samuel Jackson. Frankly, there are very few Samuel Jackson movies that I've seen that I have not enjoyed. Um, and that little bridge lets me uh, transcend and, and, and start talking about uh, two other film paths, as it were. Um, one being the Marvel movies. Um, to me, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is fantastic. Um, I've enjoyed every one of those movies, um, and hope that they continue to make them. Um, they are, they're, they're good stories with good characters, excellent acting, great effects. Uh, there's really nothing not to love, in my opinion, as far as the Marvel movies are concerned. Um, most of the properties upon which the Marvel movies were made were not, um, uh, comics that I'm super familiar with. Like, I, I used to collect comics uh, as a youth. Um, generally speaking, they were Star Wars comics or other science fiction comics. Like, I never had Thor or the Hulk or Spider-Man or any of the, the you know, typical um, comic books. You know, I wasn't a big fan of the X-Men. Um, but I really enjoy the X-Men movies, the, the, the Marvel movies. Um and I can't speak to how close those movies are to the comics because I never read the comics. And because of that, I really don't care. Um, they're, they are good on their own, um, separate from the comics from which they were derived. Uh, and again, they, they, they tell interesting stories. I enjoy them. Um, I've watched all of them probably at least twice um, that I can think of. Um, and that's fantastic. Um the other bridge leading off from Samuel L. Jackson uh, would go to where, you know, where I first saw uh, Mr. Jackson, uh, which would be Pulp Fiction, uh, which was awesome. Um, generally speaking, um, particularly regarding his older work, uh, I, I enjoy uh, Quentin Tarantino's stuff. Um, his more recent work is less exciting to me, um, and without getting into a whole thing, you know, there is a lot of talk around, you know, his process and how he directs and how he treats uh, his actors and so forth, uh, which for me doesn't necessarily take away from my enjoyment from his previous films, uh, but doesn't necessarily make me super gung-ho to be uh, engaged with any of his latest things, if that makes sense. Um, and also, I, I back in the day, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, um, that sort of a thing, uh, I enjoyed those. They, that was sort of new and fresh. You know, I hadn't really seen films like that, uh, you, you know, with just raw slices of life and, and, you know, graphic violence and, you know, clever monologues and so forth. Um, I don't know. To me, you can only, you know, ride that pony for so long before it all sort of kind of seems the same or like you're rehashing uh, stuff. So, um, so, like I said, I enjoyed his earlier stuff. Um, 
shifting gears back over into the superhero realm, um, the DC movies are okay, not quite as big a fan of. Um, the Christian Bale uh, Batman series, enjoy the hell out of those. Um, the older Batman stuff, um, were okay. I watched them at the time. Not, not, not things I'm super into nowadays. It was a little cartoonier than I prefer. Um, the newest Batman, um, oh, what's his face? Um, I'm drawing a blank, but you know who I mean. The latest one, the one that was in, you know, Batman vs. Superman and the Justice League and all that stuff. It's fine. Seems okay. Um, the Justice League itself was pretty alright. I, I enjoyed it. Um, the new Superman films are, are, are pretty alright. Um, I enjoyed the Christopher Reeve Superman movies at the time. Um, I feel like, you know, during, what was that, the late 70s, early 80s, um, those made sense and were enjoyable. Um, one of those things that, to me, doesn't necessarily age well. Um, so we'll just leave that at that. Um, what else can we talk about in regards to movies? Um, I enjoy the occasional um, drama. Not a big fan of, of uh, I don't know how to describe it. The the kind of stuff that typically gets, you know, Oscar nominations, I guess. The stuff that's, you know, artsy, deep, thoughtful, impactful movies. Uh, I can kind of take or leave. Um, most cases when they, you know, are talking about the, you know, the nominees for, for Best Picture... Those, that's not the kind of movie I'm into. I'm looking to be entertained, uh, not, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's nebulous and it's hard for me to describe, and I'm having a hard time coming up with specific examples, um, so we'll just skip past that. Um, documentaries are good things. Um, if you are not familiar with the work of Ken Burns, you absolutely need to, um, that man can make a documentary like nobody's business. Um, and when he makes a documentary, he's not making some 75-minute, hey, we're going to talk about a thing for a little bit. He makes some epic-level hours and hours, multi-disc. Uh, you are going to learn everything you ever wanted to know and things you didn't even know that you needed to know uh, about the topic. Um, prohibition. Who knew you could turn that into several hours of talking about it and have it be interesting? But God damn it, he did. Um, the the recently I watched his uh, his documentary on Vietnam. Very educational, very entertaining. Um, it didn't hurt uh, that that Trent Reznor did the soundtrack. I'll be honest, uh, but thoroughly enjoyed um, the film itself as well. Um, he did a series on the National Park that is fantastic. Uh, for those of you who, who've been listening, you know that I'm a fan of the, the National Parks, and to hear, uh, you know, about their history uh, and stuff was, was very fantastic. Um, 
Uh, what else we got? Uh, rom-coms? Eh, whatever. Um, I'm not gonna go out and watch them by myself, that's for sure. Um, but the instances where, you know, the, the, the significant other has wanted to watch one and wanted to cuddle up and watch a thing, I've watched them. I mean, they won't, they won't kill you. They're, they're not necessarily my, my favorite thing. Uh, but, you know, that, it's fine. Um, every Christmas we all, you know, sit down and watch Love Actually, which to me, I classify as a rom-com. Um, also a Christmas movie. Um, given the choice between Die Hard and Love Actually, which would I rather watch? Uh, probably Die Hard, but I, Love Actually is fine. Uh, I enjoy it. Abby enjoys it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to watch, uh, along. Um, uh, comedies generally are good things. I, 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 you know, it depends who, who's in it and, and, you know, what it's about. Um, anything that I've seen Kevin Hart in, especially with Dwayne Johnson, I've enjoyed the absolute hell out of. Uh, watch all of those. Um, I don't... I... Yeah. Um, I don't get the... Uh, what is it? Uh, shoot. The guy who seems like every movie he's in, in a, in a comedy, he's dressed up as a woman. Um... Tyler Perry, I think, maybe, although I might have that wrong, but I suspect you might know who I'm talking about. Um, I don't get it. Again, not knocking it, just not my taste. I don't understand the, what the draw there is. Uh, I'm led to believe that those films weren't necessarily made with me in mind, uh, so that's fine, <laughs> which is why I'm not going to disparage them. They're not for me, um, and I just am not that interested. So that's fine. Um, parody films can be hit or miss. Um, most of the uh, shoot, I am just blanking left and right on people's names uh, today, um, and I'm gonna hate myself when I hear about this later. Um, hopefully, it'll come to me. The guy who did Blazing Saddles. Spaceballs and um, those films, uh, Young Frankenstein. I love the hell out of those. Those those are those are good things. Um, some of the more modern parody things I get into less. Um, like there was Scream, and then they came out with the uh, what what was it? You know, Scary Movie. Eh, I get what you're doing. It's it's not not as good. Uh, as the others by the person whose name I am annoyingly forgetting right now. Um, and I can almost hear some of you screaming at your phones uh, for me to get the answer. And sadly, I can't hear you. Um, and I'm sure as soon as I get done recording, I'll, I'll you know, end the recording and be like, damn it, that was his name. I'm such a dumbass. Um, such are the trials and tribulations of life. Um, Yeah, just going completely blank. Um, 
The Princess Bride is fantastic. Um, I, I really enjoy that film. Um, a classic. Uh, see it if you haven't. Uh, movies that have been particularly important to me have impacted my life <clears throat> in some way um, and that I would encourage everyone to watch and to share with others. Let, let's go into that for a bit. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off has a special place in my heart. Um, I think it may have been the first movie where I witnessed um, the breaking of the fourth wall, um, and I found that to be, be fascinating. Um, also, Ferris just seemed like an awesome dude, uh, and at the time in my life where I saw that, I was a little guy who enjoyed, you know, shall we say, skirting the rules, um, and I really enjoyed that film. Um, Real Genius is another one that falls into that category, um, Val Kilmer at college doing wacky, crazy shit, um, excellent, excellent movie, fantastic soundtrack, um, I can't really explain why I feel that that was so important and formative to me, uh, but it was, and if you're a person that knows me, it may, might make sense to you that that's the case, um, obviously the Star Wars films, but again, we're not, we're not looking to get into those, um, The Princess Bride was another one, um, which is what turned me on to switching gears to this topic, um, A little later in life, um, there was definitely a point in my life where um, Fight Club resonated with me. Um, looking back at it now, as an adult male with, you know, what I'd like to think is some maturity and wisdom, um, I still enjoy the film, but I can acknowledge that it's got some, you know, themes of toxic masculinity that I'm, you know, less enamored with nowadays than I was in my youth. Um, but when I was a big fan of Fight Club, um, I will just say I was a little bit of a toxic man at the time. Um, and my head was not in the best space. And um, there was something about the the themes of the movie, not so much the violence, but the um, the sense of entropy, the sense of chaos, um, the sense of, you know, none of this shit really matters, just do your thing and be you and try and, you know, try and survive and be as happy as you can and don't get caught up in a bunch of this bullshit uh, messages in that movie really resonated, uh, with me at that point. I mean, I'm in my twenties, I'm, you know, basically a pothead in Florida with, you know, battling, uh, manic depression. Um, it just sort of seemed to fit for me. Um, again, the soundtrack was fantastic. Um, don't know that I would say, you know, I it, I lived my life according to Fight Club, per se, but it definitely, you know, resonated with me at that time, um, 
and as weird as it sounds for a fucked up movie like that, uh, it's one that, that sort of kind of helped me out at the time, um, by being what it was, uh, with me being who I was at the time, and maybe that makes sense, maybe it doesn't, um, I don't know, um, I'll tell you a movie that you should not watch unless you want to have your brain fried. Um, and that would be uh, the film adaptation of William Burroughs' Naked Lunch. Um, how to best describe this? Um, I was first exposed to The Naked Lunch uh, while I was in college uh, by my good buddy, uh, Reverend Jim. And he's like, we're going to watch a movie that is super fucked up and is going to make you feel weird after you watch it. And I wasn't quite sure what he meant. Um, and he didn't really tell me what it was about or what to expect. He's like, we're just going to watch this. <clears throat> um, and God damn it if he wasn't right. Uh, if you sit down to watch The Naked Lunch without any clue as to what it's about or what to expect, um, and you watch it through to the end... Uh, when those end credits roll, you feel kind of icky, and I can't really describe it, but it, it, your, your head feels fuzzy, and you feel kind of icky, and you're not real sure what is real, and how you should carry on with the rest of your day. Um, it's definitely very different. Um, you watch it a few more times, and you kind of get over that. Um, it is a, it is a film adaptation of a book written by William Burroughs. If you're not familiar with William Burroughs, he was an author during the, the Beat era. Uh, you know, think Kerouac, um, who else was, was you know, the, the Beat folk. Um, very experimental, um, very, you know, 50, late 50s, early 60s, you know, we're going to do drugs and, and be wildly creative and with our, with our words. Uh, sort of stuff. Um, and after having seen the movie, I did read the book. And reading, saying re I read the book is sort of a weird thing to say because it's not a book in the traditional there are characters and there's a plot and things happen and there's a resolution. Uh, I'd heard a rumor, I don't know if it's true, but in any case, you definitely get the impression that when Mr. Burroughs was writing The Naked Lunch, he was writing, you know, little snippets of things that weren't necessarily stories, <clears throat> but were little sort of anecdotes and asides and, and little snippets of, of life um, that are very surreal, um, don't really form a cohesive plot, um, and you get the impression that he typed all these up, grabbed all those pages from his typewriter, shuffled them all up but good, and gave them to the publisher and said, these are in the order I want them printed. It's very all-across-the-board, random, around the way. Good stuff in the sense of it's very well written from a, 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 an artistic, descriptive um, sort of a sense. But in terms of, you know, oh, character A meets character B, and they do this thing, and, and, you know, the plot goes this way, and there's eventually a resolution, 
you are not getting that out of the Naked Lunch. Um, and they took this book and turned it into a movie, and the movie kind of, sort of, has a little bit of a plot. They tried to make a thing happen where there's sort of a through line. Um, Peter Weller is the main character, and he does a fantastic job, but that, that film will, will, will make you feel different. Um, and I'll just leave that at that. Um, like I said, Reverend Jim had it on VHS, and we watched it, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, years later, when I was in the Navy, this was before the, you know, the Internet and YouTube and Netflix and any of that. Like, if you wanted a movie, you had to go to the nearest video rental shop, Blockbuster, etc. Um, and it's kind of a rare movie. Like, it was not a pop favorite. Um, did not, you know blow out any, you know, records for sales, I'm fairly certain. Um, and there was a video shop rental place in Gulfport, might have been Biloxi, I don't know, that had the naked lunch. And I'm like, well, this is going to be mine. I'm just going to check it out, and I'm going to tell them I lost it, and I will now own this because I can't get it anywhere else. Um, that was a terrible idea because apparently the replacement cost for movies from the video store is not the 20 bucks you'd plunk down for a movie if you just went to Walmart. Um, which I'm still not sure I ever got a satisfactory rationale as to why that is. Um, I know if you get books from the library and you don't return them, they cost more because the library buys library-grade books. Like, the books themselves, the binding, the covers, are more intense. They're designed to be handled by, you know, many people over the course of time rather than the one you buy at the bookstore. Hey, you're going to read it once. You might read it again, but it's not getting a whole lot of wear and tear. Like, those books actually are a higher grade and therefore cost more. I don't think the video, the VHSs at the local, you know, rent-a-show thing were on any higher graded plastic than the normal stuff. But I ended up spending like 70 goddamn dollars on that movie. Um, which was all the more painful because uh, one of my buddies, I was telling him, you know, about it. Um, he's like, dude, I am part of, you know, a video club. I will get that for you for like three bucks. And he did, and it was upsetting. Um, for those of you not familiar with video clubs... Um, it is a expansion of the old um, music clubs. Uh, it used to be um, in a lot of magazines and stuff. They would have ads that would have, you know, pictures of all the albums that were coming out and little numbers next to them. And the deal was, you know, 12 albums for a penny. Um, and you'd put, you know, what your 12, you know, selections were there and they'd send them to you. Um, and the scam was, they'd send those to you, and then they would send you, you know, the club selection of the month would come to you automatically, and if you wanted it, you paid for it. If you didn't, you had to pay to ship it back. Um, and they did this for albums and eight tracks and cassettes back in the day. They eventually adapted it to be for CDs, and then people got wise and like, hey, we could do this for VHS, and then they did it for DVDs. And then the internet ruined it for everybody to where you can get anything anywhere, and it makes no sense to do that. Um, but my buddy was part of a video thing, 
where, you know, he'd get the, you know, club selection and there's a catalog you can get from and get your movies for cheap or whatever. And sure enough, just to prove the point, he, he got me like a $4 copy of The Naked Lunch to sit next to my battered and beaten rental store copy of it, uh, just to prove a point to piss me off. Um, and of course, I don't have any of those now. Um, so, whatever. Um, I don't know that The Naked Lunch is likely to be on Netflix. Um, or if it is, that I would encourage you to watch it. Like I said, it's de- definitely a very different film. Um, a film of which I've probably talked about for too long now, but hey, I've been stuck in traffic, uh, and I'm kind of padding for time. So, um, I will stop talking about that now. Um, actually, I'm pulling into the, uh, the condoplex, uh, about to find me a parking spot and, and call it a day, so I think I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, little sister, I hope you enjoyed my movie chat. Um, if this was not what you were looking for or expecting, uh, two things. One, let me know what you were expecting, and I can try for that. And two, that's kind of on you for not being more specific. You said talk about movies, I talked about movies. I've been talking about movies for, crap, uh, darn near 50 minutes at this point. Um, you know, there you have it. Um, I guess one last thing I will throw in as I'm pulling in. Um, specifically for the benefit of the little sister. Um, I would say one of the most memorable movie-going experiences, as in going to the theater. Uh, It was the, uh, I want to say the summer between my fifth and sixth grade year. Uh, They had re-released Snow White in the theaters. Um, And... Crystal and I wanted to go see it. Uh, Crystal especially wanted to go see it, and we were super close buddies uh, that time. And I did extra chores like no one's business to the tune of, you know, an extra nickel for doing these dishes, an extra dime for doing that laundry, um, until we saved enough money for the two of us to get movie tickets so that we could go see um, Snow White. Um, hardest I've ever worked to go see a movie, uh, but totally worth it. Um, that is, that is a memory that I, I will, will cherish, uh, for a good long time. Um, and thank you for that, Crystal. Um, for everyone else, uh, I hope you've enjoyed my movie ramble. Um, and I hope you all have a good one and I will catch you all on the next cast. It was Mel Brooks. I finally remembered. It was Mel Brooks. It's only been like four hours since I halted the recording, but I finally remembered. Thank you. That is all.